I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Not Your Average Joe, the podcast that will make anyone a little less average. I'm your host, Joe Franco, and on today's episode, I'm going to be a little bit sniffly, but I'm really excited for today's conversation because it is with one of my closest friends, Misako and Vela. Now, I love to introduce some of the closest people to me, and it's because, to be honest, they inspire me. Whether they're my best friends or family members or not, there's always something to take away from their journeys, especially when they do something as ballsy as sell all of their things and move abroad alone. We're living in a new age, where remote working seems to be the norm and geographic location became less important. I feel grateful and blessed to say that I've lived like this for the last decade. I've had different apartments in LA, in New York, but I've also lived abroad in cities like Paris, London, Athens, Rome. But regardless, if there was Wi-Fi, I was able to work. So why stick to one place when you could be in a new place filled with language, culture, food, and experiences that you wouldn't have had access to otherwise? Today's conversation is going to be a little bit of travel stories and going down Misako and my personal journey on how to get the confidence to do something as bold as selling all your things and moving abroad completely alone. Let's get into it. Kill the intro, sis. You know she's not your average Joe, not your average Joe. A little background on Misako before we get started. So she is one of those friends who you always catch in workout gear. This woman is a vegan, her skin glows, her hair is beautifully braided and she just exudes this confidence now, despite being an introvert. She's a master of building relationships and not the fake superficial ones, no. She has an endless list of contacts that she reaches out to on a daily basis because relationship building is a true art. She's become a jack of all trades and has been able to work remotely for the last few years because of these skills that she has. Even though she works on the internet, she's the most engaged person in the room when it comes to a conversation face-to-face and it really is something to learn from. But I've known her for a while and I know that it wasn't always peaches and cream. Like most people, there's a journey and a little bit of a struggle to get to this balanced state. And I wanted to get into that. Miss Sako and Vela, welcome. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well. I'm excited to be on your podcast. I'm excited to have a podcast finally. Like you've known me for years. How long have I been talking about doing this? I feel like since before you you went on the show yeah like two years ago okay so this podcast is all about being a not so average joe and you are one of those people who i admire so much because i've seen your journey you're a dear friend of mine but i think the move that you made to mexico recently was such a pivotal moment in your life you've inspired me all throughout but really you're fully blown living in mexico city alone which is not a little city and I wanted to talk a little bit about that, your, you know, aha moment when you woke up and you decided it was the time to pull the trigger to leave Los Angeles, leave all of your friends and family behind, and 
inspire other people who are thinking about taking that leap to do the same thing if you think it's a good idea. So let's start from the beginning. Give us a little bit of background from your work situation to your living situation and how you ended up in Mexico. All right. Well, first of all, I just want to say you've inspired me tremendously. I didn't even have a passport before I met you. You inspired me every day. Oh my God. I didn't know the passport fact. Yeah. I didn't have a passport until I was 21. Wow. And then we've traveled the world together. We've seen a lot right. of places together. So thank you. Thank you. She's like my little sister. Ms. Alga's like my little sister. So wise. So freaking lovely to be around. Help me oh. with my move, like, which was a nightmare. The only reason I didn't rip all my hair out was because of you. Check out the YouTube video on Joe's channel. It's so funny. <laughs> um, but start from the beginning. I studied merchandise marketing. I actually went to FITM for fashion. And I knew shortly after I started that the fashion industry wasn't going to be for me. Why? It's just a super difficult industry to work in. I think there are a lot of intense personalities that I don't necessarily mesh with. Um, you know, I'm a sensitive soul. I'm a cancer. I didn't think it was going to be for me. And I knew I didn't want it that much. I realized after going through school that I appreciated fashion, but I, I could see towards the end of my college time that it wasn't going to be a career path for me. And so then from college, you moved to Los Angeles. So I, I did a semester at USF and then I transferred to FITM. So I was already living in LA. Uh, I did a two-year program at FITM and then I was like, all right, it's time to look for a job. And what led you to the digital space? Um, so I was working at a few boutiques part-time at like a digital magazine. None of it really hit. And I moved in with our friend Cassie. And she was working at an agency called Astronauts Wanted, which was a joint venture between Judy McGrath and Sony Music. And she's like, hey, I'm moving to this other company, but they're looking for someone to replace me. Uh, you should interview for the role. And so I interviewed with another friend of ours, Paul Ulet, shout out to Paul. Brought in my little rinky-dink portfolio from FITM and he just decided to take a chance on me. Which is crazy because that's actually how we met. Astronauts Wanted hired Damon and I to do a Periscope. Remember when Periscope was a thing? Yes. And I'll never forget the first time that I saw your cute little face on the Skype call. I was in Hungary and we were doing a setup call of like planning out the content and you were on that account. Like you were helping create the concepts that we were going to then live stream while traveling. And it's so crazy to think about how long ago that was and how much life we've like shared and lived in the last five to seven years. Maybe that was seven years ago. Yeah, I see six years ago I say one of the best things about working at that company is all of the like incredible people that I met through that job and you being one of them so okay we then met and at the time you were still unsure of what you wanted to do but you kind of took into that niche of digital marketing right I've always been a child of the internet like I loved MySpace you know learning how to code like I, I really loved the internet so it was like a comfortable job for me because most of the work just came Naturally, it was like a very intuitive job, um, copywriting, social media. So I definitely got comfortable. Um, but after a couple of years there doing the same thing, I was like, all right, maybe it's time to shake it up and leave my cocoon in LA and go on a Euro, Euro trip. And that's what really like started my love for travel. Which we met on. And this is actually a pivotal moment. You know, this podcast, we're going to talk about so many different things, but I want to talk about the hair journey that happened Ooh. on that trip because the whole time where you're beginning to travel, you're getting out of your comfort zone, you're becoming who you are today, which is such a beautiful, bold woman. But when you took that Euro trip, 
girl was trying to straighten her hair. Thank you. And yes, like that was a huge struggle that I experienced on that trip that I like let go up after the trip, which was trying to shrink myself, shrink my hair, keep it straight the whole time. I mean, we're traveling for three months. I'm looking for like outlets that can handle my straightener. And when do, when do I blow dry it and let me not get it wet? It really like, I think about how much I held myself back simply because of my hair on that trip. And I promised myself that I would never do it again. Now, for anyone out there listening who is not a woman of color or is not somebody with hair that takes a lot of extra maintenance, especially when you're on the road, I know this from personal experiences, it can get rough. When you try to fight what's natural to you, your curly hair, your textured waves, all of that just becomes a battle that you probably won't win. You're trying to fight the genetics. You're trying to shrink yourself straight in those locks. But when you're up in the mountains or you're in the middle of the jungle with 100% humidity, you got to find a way to make it work because the not so average Joe always finds a way to make it work. And we never let anything or anyone dictate how we live our lives, especially not our hair. Isn't that crazy how travel has the potential to like completely shake up beliefs that you thought were necessary before that trip you thought that you needed to straighten your hair which is beautiful African abundant hair and same I I have gone through the same thing and travel is actually what snapped me out of it because I was just like you I blew out the power in my homestays building because I was blow drying my hair and no lights no more straightening and then I had to kind of come into my own and the bigger my hair got the more full my personality got and it was like I filled my myself out where like the version of me with straight hair was so small yeah it's it's really crazy how we hold on to those beliefs I mean like I'm sure that you this was something that you picked up through like middle school high school we're no longer in those places or spaces (laughs) and I was still like allowing the way I felt during that period of my life to control me in my adult life yeah it's like super sad to think about why do you think it's sad just because there were just so many experiences that I held myself back from just because like I didn't want to wet my hair or maybe I didn't think my hair was in a good enough state so I stayed home and um, it just took up so much space in my mind that could have been filled like learning other languages or meeting new people or just like putting myself out there which is why like I stay in braids now because I don't have to think about my hair at all and I don't want to. Because when you took that Euro trip, you basically made a choice. You were going to start living your life for you and not for your hair. Not your average Joe. Tip number one. Think about all of the limiting beliefs that you've held on to for the past few years. Maybe it's something you picked up in middle school, in childhood, or even in high school and in college. What are those things that applied then that really have no business in your life now? And how can you actively push yourself out of your comfort zone to rewire what you think you need? to do to feel good or to feel successful or to feel loved because odds are you're loved included and accepted already and you're just giving yourself a little bit more work i used to straighten my hair every single day until that time that i blew out the power in my homestay's house and ever since then i've actually blossomed into myself so i wonder if the power hadn't blown out would i still be shrinking myself maybe there's a through line in your journey and in this conversation which we will continue to go down so it's almost like big pillar moment in misako's life was euro trip changing of hairstyle becoming more comfortable with discomfort then you came back from the euro trip and you were still working in the digital space right well i actually left astronauts wanted to go on the trip and i came back 
and I didn't have a job. That's bold. Okay, let's let's break that down a little bit. For people listening, I'm sure that some people are in that space where they're unhappy with their jobs and they really want to travel, but they're afraid to take the leap. How did you justify taking that risk with no security blanket, no job lined up? I just honestly felt like I deserved it. I saved up a little money, not a lot. And I just felt like it was my time. There were so many people around me that had these experiences, whether it was like studying abroad or traveling with their families when they were younger. And I just decided that I was worth it too. And no one was going to give me the permission to do this. I had to give myself the permission to do this. And I knew that I could find a job when I got back, even though it did take some time. (laughs) But like, I just believed that I deserved it. Were you so nervous, even though you believe that you deserved it? Uh, Definitely. You know, I didn't grow up with a lot of money. So like leaving a stable job was a big choice. And, you know, you always have that fear of like getting back to that unstable place. But someone asked me before I had left, which really put things into perspective. She's like, what is your biggest fear with this trip? And I was like, being homeless. And she's like, well, you have so many people around you that love and care about you. That will never happen. And immediately, like, it just like shifted how I felt about everything, which is such a privilege, you know, but that truly is and has been like a a big fear of mine and once she asked me that question and I realized like that will most likely never happen it really freed me I'm getting chills like I'm I don't know if it's cold in here like is there a draft because I'm getting chills not your average joe tip number two ask yourself what is your biggest fear because 99.9% of the time that's that little sneaky thing that's holding you back and since I'm always going to promote journaling extra credit points if you take some time and write all of those fears down on a piece of paper and next to every single fear remind yourself and write why it's not true or what else you have in your life that offsets that fear maybe your money is tight but you have a little extra time so you could teach yourself a skill to then start building something to make money maybe your family might not be as supportive but your friends are gems The not-so-average Joe always finds a creative solution to whatever they're lacking, but it takes looking around at what you do have to make everything work. One thing that I, as an outsider, admire so much about you is your relationship building skills, and it's something that's innate to you, but I think you've really mastered the art of maintaining friendships, no matter where you are in the world, of these people who will always have your back. And something that you said, it's like when you don't come from a lot of money, right? We share that as well, where in a lot of ways we are the financial safety net for our families, which creates another layer of pressure where it might be more difficult for us to travel. It It is more difficult for us to travel. It is more difficult for us to say, I'm taking a gap year. Like, no, because I have to look out not only for myself, but for my family. And for when shit hit the, hits the fan, it's on me. So then you have to look around and take inventory. Okay, if I don't have much money, what do I have? And you've always had such a beautiful support system. So talk me through that. Like, when did you realize how valuable your relationships were and how you wanted to make it a priority in your life? Well, before I get into that, you made me think of something else, like being in the position that we are in. I did struggle with feeling like, is this selfish? Even though in my heart, I knew I deserved it. You know, leaving a stable job where you're able to help your family, walking away from that to just do something purely for joy. I did struggle with like feeling like I was being selfish, not because anything my family said or or anything at all, but just because you, you put that pressure on yourself and you want to be able to take care of the people around you. I did struggle with that for a little bit. We come from situations where there is weight that we're carrying. It's not just, everybody has their own baggage, but we come with the baggage of being women of color, of having family setups where it's not like we are trust fund kids 
and we have a lot of friends who may come from different backgrounds than us and it's difficult for us to compare ourselves to them but we still have have strived to make our lives designed in the way that we are the most happy and I think that's what's amazing about you is that again as an outsider a friend of yours I've seen you overcome these obstacles whether it is that family you know background story or it is taking the leap, quitting a stable job to go travel for three months without having a plan B, that's magic. And I just know that there's so many people out there who want to do these things, but they're held back by fear. So walk us through, like, what advice would you give to your younger self now knowing that you've accomplished so much by overcoming these fears? Mm, That's a good question. I think I would tell myself what I said earlier is that you deserve these experiences too and you will figure it out to follow your heart, to not let fear rule your life because you only get one and that your family wants you to be happy and to, to have these experiences even though you might feel like it's your responsibility to hold everything together, you can have these experiences too. And we were talking about relationships, which is when we got off the tangent on, you know, the family complex. Mm-hmm. So how has your adopted family become mm-hmm. critical in every decision that you make and every step you, you take? I mean, like you and, and the community that I surround myself with, first of all, you're also inspiring, you know, doing your own thing, really like carving out your own path, pushing forward. And that inspires me. And also there's not a a single person in my life who has not told me that I can do something like, Ooh, it can make me cry right now. (laughs) Ooh. Oh, wasn't expecting this. Oh, my baby girl. I want to hug you. (laughs) I want to hug you too. I'm just so blessed. Like the friends and people that I've surrounded myself with are really just like so supportive. I just don't even know how it happened. I know. You're a spectacular (laughs) human being and you attract it. (laughs) And you know what I love so much about you too? You're very soft-spoken and you're introverted and yet you attract so many kinds of people to you. As an introvert, how do you walk into a room and people just kind of go towards you? How, what are your tools and tips and tricks to start an engaging conversation? I would say that I, I genuinely like to listen. I like learning from other people. That's how I learn the most, you know? And so I think everybody just wants to be heard. And I, I give people that space because I genuinely want to hear people's stories. Like I love, I just love it. And so I think that's a good, like I provide a good balance for maybe a, a more extroverted person. She is the best listener. Every time I have an issue with Misako, but it's cool because being around you and being your friend, you've taught me how to listen slowly and take questions in in a different direction like you're really intently listening and that's a tangible thing people can walk away from this episode with it's like how can you listen better now your average joe tip number three this one might sound a little blunt almost every living human being loves talking about themselves we're genetically self-obsessed there's a reason why there are studies and discussions and conversations about the ego If you are a better listener than everyone else, you're going to build the strongest relationships because at the end of the day, human beings just want to talk about themselves. Through listening, you're building a more genuine connection with somebody. Misako is one of those friends who has a calendar alert to like check in 
on all her friends like this is really a part of your life and this is what i want to stress this isn't something that you just wake up and you're like i have cool people in my life you've had to put in work how often do you think you reach out to the people closest to you oh i mean like i gotta have a minimum of three facetime calls a day a day it really feeds me i need to know that people are doing well and if not let's talk about it if i wasn't working in the digital space and youtube like i would love to be a therapist you'd be such a good one you are my therapist <laughs> And how many of the opportunities in your life have come from these relationships? Uh, yeah, I would say a majority of the work that I've received working in, I guess, corporate has come from people I've worked with in the past. Like I worked at Astronauts Wanted and I did the social media for Lily Singh's World Tour documentary. And then she hired me to work for her directly. And I worked for her for two years and did the social media for her late night talk show. And then uh, through that relationship... I met other people and, and started doing some freelance gigs for um, a big tech company. And now I'm, I'm working for them full time. And I think that's how most industries work. It's about relationships, right? I don't uh, maintain these relationships because I'm expecting anything. I just do the best that I can do and try to build a solid connection with anyone I cross paths with. After the break, we get into the nitty gritty of how Masako decided to give up life in Los Angeles and has been in Mexico for over a year now. Hope y'all are taking notes. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I want to go back to the timeline. So you did the Euro trip, having quit your job, you came back, and I remember you had some really bad job experiences right after the Euro trip, which you were kind of scrambling financially. You didn't know what you were going to do. And right. you got this job, which was ironically like about women's empowerment and you were yeah. not happy. So I came back, I was applying and interviewing, not having much luck. And I took this interview and I knew from the moment that I interviewed with this person that it was not going to be a fit, but I needed the money. Um, so against my gut, I took the job and was just immediately in a situation where I was being disrespected and just emotionally like abused if that's if that's not too intense but it felt like really abusive and that was a really big moment in my life where I decided like there's no amount of money that can force me to stay in this situation and so like two weeks in I'd about had it and walked away and told myself like I would pay postmate and take all kinds of like side gigs before I allowed myself to be in a situation like that again and then 
few weeks later, Lily was looking for someone to run her social good campaign. And I interviewed for it. And because of the work I had done in the past, I got the interview and got the job. And it was like so much better than what I was was experiencing. She's like such a good person. And it was just like such a healthier environment for me. But it wouldn't have happened if I didn't make that decision to walk away. Which gives me chills again. <laughs> because it just... You remember, we were sitting in the car in that, in that Lassen's parking lot. And I was like, I can't do this with this woman. And I remember walking through the pros and cons with you coming from a similar background where I know what that feels like when you're you're getting a steady income and you're you're like contemplating walking away from it because of your emotional torture or because you just are so unhappy and it's almost like when you come from these backgrounds whether it's an immigrant background or like a low-income family background you almost get taught that it doesn't matter how you feel you have to do the job you have to make the paycheck so then what happens is a bunch of like mental health issues and a lot of depression and this vicious cycle of being unhappy to make a paycheck because you are from a low income situation. So you need to make the money. But the truth is, and what I've seen in your journey and in my journey, is that if you're willing to take that risk and take care of your emotional state and be true to yourself when you know you're not happy, something will come out of nowhere and swoop you off your feet. Right. The universe will reward you taking that leap and staying in situations like that. And I know it's like so easy for me to say it now that I'm out of it. Right. But I understand being in that position feeling like you're so trapped. But I I felt like if I stayed in that situation, I would be sending signals to the universe that this type of abuse is okay. Not only in my professional life, but in my romantic life, friendships, everything. Like I didn't, I didn't feel like it was a high frequency. Like it was, it was not okay. And I, wanted to I wanted to set that standard for myself like you will not take this not your average show tip number four whatever you accept the universe will send you more of now I know that we all have to pay our dues so maybe you do have to accept a few jobs where you're underpaid but if you keep accepting those low jobs what you're gonna get more of are just low paying jobs and the same thing applies for how you're treated a not so average Joe will take a stand and say this is my limit and I get that I have to sacrifice things but no amount of money is worth me losing myself in the process because really what we're talking about it's it's analyzing risk and and fear and unhappiness so when you're in a position where you're super unhappy working a job there's stability there and there's paycheck there's a paycheck there but you're unhappy it's like what i always say is my fear of complacency and unhappiness is greater than my fear of the unknown and it seemed to be that case in that moment for you where you're like my fear of unhappiness and my discontent right now is greater than my fear of what's next right i think for me yes that for sure And I also had some similar situations with jobs that I had in college that made me physically ill. Like I I got growth on my back and I couldn't walk. And I knew it was from the stress of the job that I had had. And you know me, like for me, health is the most important thing. It always has been. And I remembered what I had gone through at those jobs in college. And I was like, I'm going to make myself ill if I stay here because this is much worse than the situation I had during college. There's no amount of money that you can put on my life. Like it was to that level for me. So it was really the fear of like losing myself. I was like, I cannot do this. You've also been very consistent with the things that you do for yourself. So break that down. I know you're into fitness, you're very healthy, you're a vegan. Has that come gradually? And how much 
of your routine is part of what makes you able to like take these big risks. Yeah. I mean, it definitely has come gradually. I think I've always been just like a very active health conscious person. I actually became vegan after my Euro trip because I couldn't afford to be pescatarian anymore. And I was already vegan on the trip because Lucy was vegan. So we were splitting a lot of the food. Uh, Lucy's our good friend. And so it just felt like a natural progression. And I feel like with a lot of health and fitness things, it has to come from within. You can't force yourself into anything until you're ready. So it felt like the right time for me to cut animal products out of my diet. And like I said, financially, I just knew it would also be the best thing for me. And I think maintaining a healthy and balanced lifestyle has really helped me in my creative life as well, because I have the energy to write or record and do these things after work. I believe like having a creative outlet is a part of maintaining a healthy lifestyle, you know, getting that out in any form that you can, whether that's like making a TikTok or writing in your journal, like that's necessary for maintaining a balanced life. That's the definition of you, you're always very, like you put a lot of importance on health and relationships and work and creativity. Like you, you look at your full life. You're not looking at your life just in one angle. Like you're, you're not the person, which I love so much. You're never just thinking about one thing. You're juggling. How do you stay balanced? Where do you find the time? I mean, I definitely get off balance sometimes. You know, I took a big break from YouTube past month and social media because I felt that's what I needed. But I just try to listen to myself, whether it's like through the way that I eat, I'm like an intuitive eater and through the way that I create, just listening to what I, I feel like I need to speak to, to, to create. Um, it's all about just like really trusting your inner voice. And that also takes practice. It's a muscle. And now that you've heard it enough, you knew that when it said it's time to leave Los Angeles, you're going to listen and execute. Right. Let's talk about that layer because that's a huge, beautiful uh, new chapter that you've opened up recently in your life. I can't even say recently. It's already been, what, a year? Right. We're, we're over a year now, a year and a month. So I'll never forget this. You randomly called me one day and you're like, I'm moving to Bali. I'm like, what? Like, I think it was just in the beginning of the pandemic. And as long as I've known you, you've lived in Los Angeles, you had a car, you had an apartment, your whole family was there. And so this news of, Joe, I'm selling all my stuff and I'm moving to Bali completely rocked my world. Right. And we never really talked about all of the steps that got you to that extreme point. What happened that made you realize it was time to go? So many things. I mean, I went through like a really tough breakup, as you know, in the beginning of 2020. At the time, it seemed earth shattering, but it really needed to happen for me to get to this place in my life. I was working uh, on set, but that had stopped because we were done filming and, and um, everything was remote. I just realized like I was tying myself to this city for like relationship, work reasons, auditions, and all of that was kind of taken off my plate. And for the first time I was like, I don't think I need to be here. And I had just gone through this like big closet detox and was really just like purging myself of all the unnecessary baggage in my life. And I started doing research about digital nomads and where they were living. And I came across this YouTuber, his name is Luke Life Charms. And just like completely fell in love with his videos. And he was living in Bali at the time. He's in Costa Rica now. And we've connected and he's really just as like pure as he is online. And I just saw him, like people saw me living in Mexico or see me living in Mexico. And I felt like I can do that too. And I was just watching his videos and I was like, I'm gonna move to Bali. And I started the process of letting go of my stuff. I had reserved an Airbnb for a month, just like hoping that they would open in September. And they didn't. But I still had this itch to like 
leave and experience life outside of the U.S. So I was looking up other places that were good for digital nomads, tropical places, and Playa del Carmen came up. It was always towards the top of the list. And I was like, Mexico is open. I learned Spanish in high school, could definitely pick it up again. And yeah, it was just like, okay, let's let's go to Mexico. So sold, gave everything away, bought a one-way ticket with a checked bag and a carry-on. And um, a year and one month later, exactly a year and one month later, I am in Mexico City. And it's so amazing because you went alone with nobody there. As a black woman, as an introvert, as the kindest soul, most fragile little, like, I just want to hold you on my hand. You went like a ballsy woman. How did it change you? Oh, so many ways. First of all, I realized like how much I could do and figure out on my own. I've always been an independent person. You know this, but like moving to a, a foreign country on your own and just like having to figure everything out on your own. You know, you can't call your friends or your your cousins over to help you. You really are in it. I realized I'm like, I can do anything, truly. I also felt so supported by my online community. I started to share my journey on YouTube and so many people were just like so supportive and cheering me on. And I was like, girl, you can do this. And I've met so many people through like sharing my experiences on YouTube. A lot of solo black female travelers have come up to me in Mexico City or Playa del Carmen and, and told me that they found my videos through their research and it helped them, you know, it pushed them to make the change for them for themselves as well. And that is like an unreal feeling. How cool is that? Now you're that person. It is incredible. And I feel like now I have a purpose online, which I was really struggling with finding. So that's just like another great thing that has come out of this move. So I want to talk a little bit about these different segments. It seems, I think everybody's life has several segments, but yours in this conversation alone, you could see the various segments. It's like there was Misako who thought she was into fashion. Then there was Misako who worked in digital, had a nice job, learned tricks of the trade with online marketing. There was Misako who went from straightening her hair flat ironing to natural. Then there was Masako who came back, quit a crappy job, committed to this life of freelancing, taking risks because freelancing on its own is super risky. And you've maintained this steady income even though you're freelance, which is what allowed you to move to Mexico because your work is wherever there's Wi-Fi. Knowing this has been your past, how do you feel like all of these experiences are gonna shape the next plans that you have for your life? Like, do you see yourself staying in this freelance stage? I mean, I love working on different projects and learning about um, the digital space through the different projects that I take on. But I definitely want to eventually be full-time, just invested in, in what I love, which is like making videos and films. But I'm realizing like, just because I have a job doesn't make me any less of a creator or creative. And that's something that I used to be really hard on myself about before. Like it doesn't count because you're still making money in other ways. And I think having the job is taking a lot of pressure off of, because I'm not forced to make a paycheck from my channel. I can really just create from my heart. And I know that eventually over time, like I will be able to make a good paycheck off my channel. Not your average Joe tip number five. We're living in an age where the internet has redefined career paths. And whether you're a digital creator like me, or an online marketer, or a small business owner, there are so many different creative ways to make your career location independent. There's so much information out there on how to have a digital nomad lifestyle. 
And being both a creator and a marketer, Masako is the perfect example. Well, I think where you're sitting, it's almost the best of both worlds, right? Because you're financially good, you're learning things, you're collaborating with people in the industry. But then you can look at your channel as this creative outlet and connect to people for the right reasons. Because when you get to a certain level creating content, it becomes a machine and you lose that personal touch. Like when you have a million subscribers, you're not going to know all of these individual stories. You might get some DMs that you read every now and then, but it's it's not as intimate. And you end up creating for the algorithm versus for, for yourself. So there's beauty in every stage, obviously. But there's also, there are also cons in every stage. When you're smaller, you're like, I want to be bigger. I want to make full-time money. But when you, when you are bigger, when you make full-time money, you're like, damn, I miss connecting intimately. I miss knowing all of my subscribers, or at least a lot of them. I think with the people that I've worked with and through the work just that I've done in general, I've seen the other side. I mean, also just like through you and, and a lot of creators that I've worked with. And I know that I can get there too, but I know what that requires. So I'm so I'm just like being a little more patient with myself because once you're there, I, I fully understand. It's like, yeah, this is a machine. Although I, I really want that for myself. And like I said, I can see it for myself. It's just a different level. It requires a different amount of energy that um, you just have to prepare yourself for. It's not all roses, like what people right. think it is. And you've seen the insides of like the highest performing creators on the internet. Right. Is there any difference between them and everyone else? It's like they don't really have time to turn off. Every moment could be a creative moment or should be in some of their, in some of their minds. It's a lot of pressure all the time and they have huge teams. It's not just like, you know, when I decide I want to take a break for my YouTube channel, it's just me. Now I have an editor that I'm working with who I'm so grateful for, but before it was like, okay, it's just me. You don't have the luxury of doing that when you have a team of people depending on you to make that next video or, or make that next deal. So a lot of people who want this huge success on different platforms might not even realize that it comes at that cost where you don't get to turn off. It, you then create a job for yourself. Right. Because you have to show up every day. You have to clock in because if you don't clock in, 20 people don't get their paychecks. Right. So what's the point in that? I'm telling right, you, it's right. like there's a sweet spot. I'm trying to get to the sweet spot on the second time around. And I think I'm there where like I would rather accept less money but more flexibility in my life and to be able to travel and see my family and friends when I want to versus like having to get on a plane to make the money because the money is going to be so great and money, money. Like I don't want to live like that. And I think the more you grow on the internet, the more you become a slave to the machine. And I think that's like a huge mental shift that I experienced when I moved here. It's like I started living because I could, because I wasn't, you know, LA is obviously like so much more expensive. So every moment I was thinking about how I can make money just to, you know, survive. And here my money goes a bit further. So I have time to live and meet people and try new foods, which is a privilege. And I'm just less focused on making my next buck. I've never been a money-driven person. And when I moved here, I really realized I wasn't a money-driven person. So it was a classic case of change your environment to change your mind. Right. If you have that luxury. Because again, that American passport is a luxury. Exactly. So everyone listening, if you have the access to getting a great passport, get that passport. I remember when I was undocumented and I would ask my friends like, hey, do you guys have your passport? And they would say no. I would shake them and be like, what are you doing? You are... Charlie and you have a golden ticket and right. if you're not using it that's like taking up the seat for somebody who could be because you know with the U.S. passport you could stay in Mexico for how long six months 
I'm so grateful that I can be here. And it's much more than like the lower cost of living. Like I really love the culture and the people that I've met and everything about this place. But yeah, it is such a privilege to have this passport. I'm like trying to help my sister who just turned 21. I'm like, I will pay for it. Get the birth certificate from home. Like, let's make this happen because I want that for her too. She's also, same age as me, has never left the country. We deserve that. We like me and her, but as like black women, we deserve to have those experiences too. So I always love to wrap it up by asking the guests to give some tips on how to be a little less average. Ooh, okay. The moment we become average is when we start living by society's standards. Uh, when we start doing things based on the expectations that other people have for us, following the status quo. But if we listen to ourselves and what we truly want, I think that's the moment we step out of that average box. So I guess my number one tip would be to listen to yourself. And then everything else will work out. I, I truly believe that. She's a master of manipulating energy. You believe something and you put your energy in and you work hard enough towards it. Like everyone says it, but everything really does fall into place. I believe that. You just have to have the blind belief in yourself right. and have some damn good friends when you forget who you are. Ooh, don't make me cry again, okay? Love you. <laughs> and that's all for today. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you got a little bit of inspiration, whether that's not straightening your hair or moving abroad or getting a passport. Don't forget to like this podcast, rate it five stars wherever you're listening on Apple Pod or on Spotify and follow us so that you can get notifications every time we launch a new episode every Wednesday morning. For more of Masako, follow her on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube, Misako and Vela. I'll link all of the information in the show notes. And tune in next week as we get into our financial literacy series. I sit down with the CEO of a financial company and we break down how you should be managing your finances at the start of the year and just overall in general. For more of me, follow me on Instagram at Joe underscore Franco and the pod has an Instagram account as well, not your average Joe pod. This podcast was produced and edited by me and the sound engineer was done by Jeff Morrow. I hope everybody's out there having a not-so-average day. Love, Joe. Something that I really had to convince myself of before moving to Mexico and just like before I started traveling in general uh, is that I deserve to have these experiences too. I deserve to like see the world and occupy other spaces and you know live outside of the U.S. Like I deserve to have this experience too like other people do and it was really hard for me to believe that. I didn't get my passport until a few years ago. We didn't travel as a kid. You know, when my peers who I grew up with were doing study abroad programs, I had other responsibilities and it, it was tough for me to like believe that I could do it too, that these spaces were meant for me too. And I know that might sound funny for a lot of people, but I'm sure there are a lot of women, specifically black women, who can relate to that feeling of like, no, this is meant for us too. And it is. You deserve to see the world and occupy other spaces too. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.